welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. I'm so excited to be here. And let me tell you where we're going to be. We're in Elder Stevenson's talk today. And then we're also going to be in Preach My Gospel, section four, chapter four, which we have never done Preach My Gospel before, but I'm kind of excited to look at Preach My Gospel. So how's everybody's morning going? It's freezing here. Um, we are having rain. We're having rain here. So it's turning into, it's turning into winter in Salt Lake. And there was snow on my windshield, slush <laughs> That's on my windshield. Too cold. I know. So that was so sad, but true. Um, and how is it there? Uh, I see you have on a really warm jacket, yeah, so it must be cold there. I forgot we turned off the heat in our office, and it was 58 degrees. <laughs> it was cold. Yeah, it's so cold. And... Um, yeah, so we're a little bit freezing, um, and there was snow on my windshield, so I'm kind of sad. I'm not going to lie. Um, some people love snow. I love snow between now and January. Yes. And then in January, I'm ready for, like, tulips. Yeah. That is my birthday. <laughs> so I'm okay for it to snow if I want to get all cozy yes. until Christmas. Oh, look, Tennessee is having 80 degrees. So is Arizona. Should we start having traveling Inklings, inklings yes. on tour? Yeah, <laughs> Inklings places. on tour. We just only go to the warm places. Yeah. That's exactly what we do. That's <laughs> it's going to be do. so nice. <laughs> and um, I'm actually so excited about Inklings today. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday who was like, um, women just need an institute class. And I was like, oh, that is kind of what we have on Thursday mornings. Is It was a yeah. friend of mine who was like, we just need an institute class. And I was like, oh, you should come to Inklings. Mm -hmm. We have a little institute class on Thursday mornings, and we're getting so smart together. Yes. Um, it's so, so fun. So many good things. I listened to... Yesterday, I went back and listened to an Inklings that was from like two and a half years ago. Really? Yeah, because I was trying to remember something that we had talked about. And while I was on there, I was like, can you believe we have just have been doing this for as long as we've been doing it? It is crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so crazy. And um, I met um, someone also yesterday. I went for a walk on a walking trail. And... Uh, this woman stopped me on the walking trail to tell me she was from Inklings, which I love it when people do that so much. And um, and she was like, and I've been there since the very beginning. And whenever someone says that, it makes me like think clear back to yep. 
that Chargers football game when I was like, uh, should we do this? And then here we are just all these years and months later, just studying general conference together. Yes. Well, and that's when you know you've been around and doing it a long time is when people want to say, I've been here since. Yes. And they go back and say yes. when they joined. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So fun. So, um, okay. So good morning, everyone. Good job waking up. And um, I, I know someone's commenting on my hair. I didn't know if this was responsible hair or not, but it was happy hair. And I just was in the mood for happy hair today. So hopefully, everyone, hopefully everyone's fine with my crazy hairdo today. Hey, so cute. So like good, happy rain hair. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> Um, okay, so we are Elder Stevenson's talk. I've been thinking so much about this talk this week. Do you ever have talks like that where they just are like, uh, sometimes I just read them and I'm like, oh, I love this one part. And then I'll maybe just sit on that one part. But this one, there is so much yeah. of it that it just keeps going through my mind. Um, so where, let's just dive in. Let's dive okay. into the talk first, and then we will dive into the preach my gospel for just a second. Yes, let's do it. I think you dive in. I think you start on this one. Okay, okay. So there are a couple things that I loved about this talk because when I listened to it, what I thought the title was going to be was not what the title is. Yes. And I think it's because what the standout for me was the four things that he told us, and, and that's always the easiest thing to remember from conference is when someone gives you a list, you're like, oh, this is what the talk was about. And um, it was the part that talks about, and you're gonna have to help me with paragraphs because I printed off the talk um, and have been carrying it around with me individually just right off of uh, the church's site. Um, but it's those four parts to talk about stand in holy places, stand with holy people, testify of holy truth, and then listen to the Holy Spirit. And so um, for some reason in my mind, I thought the talk was going to be about holiness. Mm -hmm. That's what I had anticipated was going to come out of this. And so when we, when you printed it out and I saw the name of it and it was actually promptings of the spirit, I was like, wait, hold on. I don't think that's the right talk. <laughs> that was like my first inclination because I felt like it was a talk on holiness. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that was a standout for me is, of course, we know this, but do you ever have those times when, when something is like brought to the forefront? Of course, it is the spirit that sanctifies us and purifies us and makes us holy. Of course, that is true. But for some reason, in my mind, I hadn't equated it so simply mm -hmm. when it just was, oh, living a holy life is going to actually increase my capacity for the spirit mm -hmm. in my life. And that for me was like a, a really interesting thought process of like, okay, now I need to think, what does this look like? This idea of holy places, holy people. I loved that part, the standing with holy people. Um, and then those holy truths. And then somehow all of that together is going to increase my ability to interact with the spirit in my life and and for me that was like that's what i've been thinking about mm -hmm. is 
what does holiness have to do with the Holy Ghost? Which should be so normal, you know? Like, that should have been so, like, two plus two is four. But for some reason, Elder Stevenson really opened my mind to be thinking about that. Well, and it's funny, I almost had a similar experience where I was like, oh, I feel like I hadn't thought about it this way in in a similar way where it was so simple. Uh, what I what came to mind is he kept using that word gifted and that this gift of the Holy Ghost. But the term gifted, I started to feel like, oh, well, hold on. In the beginning, I was like, am I one of those? Like, am I am I a gifted? Because in the be- let me see, like I I'm highlighted yes. where it says, okay, God gifts um, make gifted people. So like, I feel like in the beginning, he's not like really saying yet that you are gifted in the end. He does though. And that's what I was waiting for. But in the beginning, I was kind of like, fingers crossed. Like, I think this is me. Am I gifted? But I had never thought about, um, we've always talked about, we are given the gift of the Holy Ghost. But why is that so different than hearing we are gifted? Yes. Like I was like, I know. And also to think about that whole thing he sets up for us at the beginning, That one quote that is one of my favorite, like one of my conference favorites is a gift does not a master make. And I've had to be thinking a lot about, okay, that's so interesting because we, we, I think we want to say, even though we know it's not right, but this is also like one of those two plus two is four. Oh yeah. I received the Holy ghost when I was eight, you know, like I just got that. And it was so interesting when he was like, yeah, but a gift does not a master make. Where all of a sudden you you were like, oh, was I supposed to be doing something with that gift? And and like, how do I become a master of harnessing the Holy Ghost? How do I become a master of that? And it's almost as if that's his... Um, that that's his setup is that kind of like going through and talking about how do we master um, this relationship with the Holy Ghost of how do we become good at that? How do we become proficient in it? That well, was so I, interesting. Yes. And his cute line of some assembly required, I thought was the perfect visual because I feel like you see someone sitting down with an Ikea dresser and they're just like, oh, no. I actually secretly love, that's like a hobby of mine. If I could just assemble Ikea furniture, I would. I love it. <laughs> Some people, that is the worst. And I can me. understand why. It's me. I think we've talked about this because you're sitting there. The instructions are like limited, right? Like I don't even think they have words because of language yeah. barriers. So it's just and you have all of these pieces but I just think okay and so at sometimes understanding the spirit trying to recognize promptings wondering if they are it's like the same as looking at all these pieces and being like oh okay I think and you put something together and then you have to undo it and you're like I don't think that was quite right I just think there's a lot of parallels there of it's not maybe going to come together in that first moment of like that was easy and I, I think other times you're going to be like, okay, hold on, let me undo this really quick and start over. I don't think I got the impression, you know, whatever. I just, that assembly required is a whole process yeah. and there's a lot of pieces and maybe unlike assembling furniture, there's going to be more than one way to, to understand the spirit and how they speak to you. He talks about our own language, yes. essentially. Yes. And um, on This is Kingdom, they were talking about 
Uh, how do you learn a language? Which was so interesting um, with Talon and Grace and TJ. Just I was listening to that part and I was like, that is so true. Is um, in fact, we had five boys go on missions out of our home and prepared them for their missions and got everybody ready. And um, actually, four boys and Grace. Mm -hmm. And of the five of them, when they left on their missions, two of them were blessed with the gift of tongues mm. when they left. The other three were not. And we had, uh, Caleb spoke Croatian, Garrett spoke English, Josh spoke Spanish, Ian spoke English, Grace spoke Spanish. Okay, that was the ones who went. So of those five, the two who were blessed with the gift of tongues was Garrett and Ian, the two were serving English speaking missions. And when Garrett got set apart, it was at the end of a lot of setting apart. And I was like, oh, that cute stake president forgot he wasn't speaking a language. And like in my mind, I was like, he just didn't know what he was talking about. But then when Ian got his blessing, we had a new stake president mm -hmm. and he blessed Ian with the gift of tongues. And then I was like, I obviously don't understand the gift of tongues. That was what I thought to myself. And, but the, in Ian's blessing, he clarified, you will have to learn to speak the language of, of the spirit. Mm. Don't you, you think that's so interesting? Yep. I love that. Well, and it's funny because I just talked to my brother who is learning Italian right now. He just got to Milan, Italy on his mission. And he, and it was so cute. We were FaceTiming. And I saw that my husband hopped on because he had to hop on like early in the morning at 7.30. And my husband hopped on to the FaceTime call. And I was like, wait, Dave's teaching seminary. My husband teaches seminary. And sure enough, my husband pops up and he's got his class right there. And he's like, this is my brother-in-law. And he said, hey, Elder Kincaid, can you bear your testimony to my students in Italian? And at first I was like, he can't do that yet. He didn't learn that because <laughs> it's been so soon, but he did. And I had this thought of like, well, of course he can bear his testimony in Italian. Like they probably start with that. They probably start with those fundamentals of like, okay, this is, this is your call. This is what you're doing. We're going to start by learning that first. And then those other elements of a language that will be able to get you by in a different country. And so it's like, how can we relate that to like learning those fundamentals of like the bare minimum? What do we need to just be able to get by and, and, and I don't like communicate enough that you start to know what's going on and then the rest yes. comes, right? And he always will say, I can, I can, listen, I can understand missionaries that are speaking Italian, not the locals yet. So I just feel like there's steps, right? Yes. It's all that line by line. Yes. And he said, Stevenson says that like, it's going to be one step at a time and you're not going to be fluent right, right away. It's not. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's something we probably practice our whole life. It, it becomes a practice yep. um, that we engage in. Um, it reminds me of um, during COVID, um, in Jean, um, our cook lives in my neighborhood, who used to be a 70s. So anyone who's old, like my age or older will remember him. And he was out for a walk one day. And we joined him and started walking with him, which I love when you do. Don't you love when you just meet someone wise and you're just have that moment to just talk to them. And in that conversation, we were asking him about how you 
have learned to listen to the spirit. And he was like, oh, I'm still practicing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're in your 80s. And also, he's one of the best teachers, speakers. Like, he has a whole book on um, talking with the spirit that I was like, in my mind, I would have been like, well, he's like a master for sure of that gift. And it was just so humble that he was like, I'm still working at it. I'm still learning that. And um, it, it it just was a great yes. reminder to me that like, this is, it's okay if you don't feel like you're fantastic at yeah. this yet. Um, yeah. We're, we're just still practicing this. All practice. And it's so, I love that it relates it to exercise because just like our physical bodies, when we aren't as consistent, that muscle will go away yeah. and then we it back up. So I think we need to be patient with ourselves too. Like when we're feeling great and in a really good spiritual rhythm and we've been consistent, those spiritual promptings probably come easier. They're easier to recognize when we start to get a little bit distracted and maybe not be as consistent. I feel, I have to remind myself like, okay, well, then I might need to like remind myself what I know and relearn it. Yeah. Just like a language bill, it will fade over time. It's not a fault necessarily. That's just what happens when something isn't practiced consistently. So yeah. just giving ourselves that patience of, okay, okay, I, I, need to, <laughs> I need to go back a little bit and relearn and remind. And the muscle memory will come back, but there's going to be that like, I don't like that rebuilding of that spiritual yes. again. And, and then it will start to become familiar again, but it, it doesn't stay. That's why that yeah. they always consistent practice and effort because yeah. like you said, we didn't just get the gift and we're like, cool. Yeah. Remember that when you were eight? Yes. And, you know, I guess like, it was a long time ago. There's a lot to be done between now and yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. That we're practicing. And someone talked about, it's like um, when you sign your kids up for Spanish immersion mm -hmm. and they, mm -hmm. you start learning things. I love that word immersion. Yes. Um, I do think about the spirit because it's as we immerse ourselves in what Elder Stevenson is saying, places that are holy, people that are holy, truths that are holy, that's how we, we become immersed in spiritual things. And then maybe it becomes easier for us to speak that language, but also to hear it, to be able to hear that language. That is perfect. I didn't even think of that. So my kids are in dual immersion. They're in Spanish, dual immersion. And I am amazed at how authentic their accent is because they are immersed with the student body. We have so many um, people from Peru and Hispanics, and I mm -hmm. love their immersedness because they are learning it from an authentic source yeah. where it's, it's their own language. A lot of their class, it's their um, innate language. And so it's different than someone learning it later. And my son already has this darling accent and it's just, it's apparent that he's standing or he's with those in a way it's like standing with those holy people. Like they've got yeah. that authenticity. So if we surround ourselves with people that have, you know, those kind of deep, deep roots, like I, that will rub off on us. That kind of stuff you, you start to pick yeah. up. I yes. I, I love that. That it just rubs off on you. Yes. It just, it becomes, mm -hmm part of what you're doing when you're surrounded in that. And it makes me think to myself, we, we will do this. We'll hear people talk like this. When we're trying to get the spirit, that, that's how we'll say it. I'm trying to access the spirit. What do we do? I go to the temple. I go to church. I listen to a 
a playlist that um, helps me like isn't it interesting it, in essence we're immersing ourselves mm -hmm. in the place where you can find the spirit and I love that idea that it's not as much of a checklist if I just go to the temple I'll have the spirit it's actually I'm I'm going to a place where I can be immersed in the spirit and when I'm immersed in the spirit I can hear it better mm -hmm. which then makes me want to change my house yeah, I was you know gonna say <laughs> yes because he that as one of the places yeah and he has a formal list which in that list I was like oh okay like I don't get as excited sometimes about that formal list of like the mating houses yeah. and those places and they are they are holy and they are sacred but I I agree when he lists home it's like okay I know it can be um, but you know how there's this little trend going around with romanticizing things like people romanticizing their cleaning routine because it's something that you're just like man yeah. like it's got to be how can I romanticize it to make it feel fun. Like people have these little rituals now and they're like, I always light a candle and I put on this playlist. And suddenly I love this experience. And not to say that we're trying to make something beautiful that is not, but I just think, can we like go that extra little bit mm. and romanticize or create sacred, like make sacred yeah. something a little bit more than maybe just like, I don't know, showing up and cracking open the scriptures that works too. But I just wonder if when we have a little bit of extra, a little moment yeah, that it's we're like intention yeah. or deliberation yep and making it feel different maybe there's a corner of your home that has a certain light that you're just like oh it just lets off the coziest glow and I'm just gonna read my scriptures under that like little things that set it apart just enough from your regular routine might make the difference that we need yeah. I don't know yeah and I love that thought because um, our word that we that I put in the um, on Sunday oh. the word that I was thinking about the Hebrew word that talked about holy and when you when you research that word it's interesting because it talks about being set apart being consecrated being dedicated which is what you're saying debt somehow dedicate that area or that place but then it was so interesting because at the bottom of the list had the word holy spilled spelled w-h-o-l-l-y like oh. holy yes and then holy h-o-l-y so holy, holy, which is that like intentional, um, deliberate mm -hmm. focus on immersing ourselves. And, and what does that actually look like to be holy, holy? Was, that's been something that I've been thinking about all week, um, this week. And someone asked, and let's talk about this, Rio, because we talked about this a couple semesters ago. But as you're talking about that corner of your house um i i also have a corner of my house and in that corner there is a scripture basket mm -hmm. that i put together and it's one of my favorite things i did and it's kind of this idea it's this intentional space dedicated for immersing myself in the spirit and so what i did is i just went over to the grocery store by me and i bought a basket that is like uh, how do i tell you but it's like this by this it's not that big and in the basket I have a candle uh, my favorite candle is in there I have this shawl that I just I'll sometimes just lay it over my shoulders or on my lap I have a magnifying glass because why is that so much funner than readers and you guys 
I'm old enough that I'm starting to like every so often if I'm reading the footnotes, I just, I can't see it. So I got a magnifying glass because I was like, that is so much cuter than like readers and I don't need it all the time. <laughs> Someday I'll put readers in there. And then um, I have my um, study helps that I'm focusing on at that time. So my Inklings um, conference thing is always in there. That's just where I keep it. So it's just always there. I know where it is. And um, my scriptures obviously aren't in there because I carry them with me everywhere I go. But my red pen is in there. Um, all the things that I need for that moment are there. And it's right by this yellow chair and it's my little scripture basket. And it's just, it is ready for me to immerse myself whenever I want to. I'm ready. I, all I have to do is just walk over there and I'm ready. So maybe that's a fun fall thing to do is put together your um, scripture basket and set apart, right? That's what holy means. It means set apart. Um, that space for holiness, for immersing yourself in the scripture. And then I, I have in there a little um, hourglass and it's just a 10 minute one. I found a 10 minute hourglass because uh, those of you who are new to Inklings, you may not know this and let's just quickly tell them. Um, for us, it is um, about little sprinkles during your day. It's just, it's not an overwhelming ask, but it's these little sprinkles during the day of, of holiness, of immersing yourself. And so instead of buying like a half hour sand timer, I was like, I know I can do 10 minutes and mine's pink. And I just set it out and I just have a, this 10 minutes of just, this is my time to immerse myself in the scriptures and um i don't know rio do you have something like that okay well it's sort of but i will say i'm coming from a more inconsistent place in life where things don't stay where they are first time <laughs> so so if that's your phase it's okay i still just think you can pick one thing that like whatever like sensory thing is that maybe makes the most difference like you just pick one thing and it's always there so maybe it is the candle or it's the lighting or it's the blanket but maybe it's just something that you do consistently to set apart but what i was thinking is what a cute example this is to our children and mm. um, of us that still have kids in the home i love the idea of them seeing you consistently in this space and they just know oh mom's in her scripture space she's reading her scriptures or she's in in her inspirational spot like i just I would love them to kind of see that consistency too, because the best teacher is by example. And and I love that. And I remember I read a post, um, I can't remember who it was by, but it was this cute little carousel of something that was like, remember to have, let your kids catch you doing these things. And it was like, there were several of them. And one was sitting still and in silence, like not doing mm -hmm. anything. Like I just, I, how often does that happen and what, does that show your kid that it's just okay to be still and just kind of be thinking? Yeah. And um, another one was reading scriptures. One was praying. Another one was apologizing. This is kind of a tangent, but it just made me think of like, what do our kids just catch us doing in our everyday versus like a formal, like everyone sit down and read. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't, but I don't know if you have a spot where your kids just know. Yeah. Well, and someone's just saying, make your kids a scripture box and we yes. are a scripture basket. And we actually did this the first year of come follow me because I still had kids at home mm -hmm. and, um, they all had their scriptures at seminary. And so I actually did go 
purchased really inexpensive scriptures for Come Follow Me for my kids. And we did have scripture baskets and they had special marking pens and they sat right in front of our fireplace. So we had our fireplace and then we had our little hearth and everybody's basket was right there. And um, we put our uh, scripture stickers in there, our special colored pencils in there. And then that one set of scriptures that was just our come follow me set. That's all it was for, was for come follow me. So it didn't go to seminary and it didn't go to church. It just was when you, when we would get together for scriptures, they would go pick up their basket and then we would sit there and sometimes we read, but sometimes we colored and um, it just, every, every night was something a little bit different. But it, those little baskets, I don't know why, I don't know why, but there's just something powerful about having like a, a dedicated yes. space. And something that, like you said, that that set was only for Come Follow Me, like kids love the novelty of that. Like they only yeah. get to it in that moment and yeah. it's extra special. So I actually Wait, look at this comment, you are gonna die. My friend's husband built little boxes under each person's dining room chair where they kept oh. their scriptures. How cute is that idea? Oh, cute. <laughs> that is so cute. You and they have their that's so cute. Yeah, that, that's such a good idea. Um, so I do. I love that idea of um, setting setting apart a holy space. I mean, for that guy, it was a dining room chair. That's so great. Or it's that little area in your house. Or sometimes we're like, it has to be the temple. But don't you love that it, we can be intentional about little little spaces in our home? And um, now it's making me want to go and just see. Maybe that's what I should do. You guys, hopefully none of my girls are watching. But does anyone want to do that for Christmas? For your daughters and daughter-in-law? It's just like a little scripture basket. Oh, so cute. Oh, that's so, so cute. Fun. I love it. Yeah. So fun. I totally remember picture scriptures. Someone's asking about that. We did, my mom did that when we were growing up and I loved it. So I love that thought. Um, this idea of standing with holy people too. I actually really love, I love when he says, and Rio, help me find the paragraph, but I really do believe this is true. The spirit cannot be restrained from attending a gathering of holy people. 21. 21. I, I love the thought of that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why we all love Thursday mornings so much is because it is this gathering of holy people once a week, set apart, dedicated, where we come together and immerse ourselves in the spirit. And I mean, we love each other. Uh, we do. Um, and, and we love gathering here, but I think what we love the most is that we're all united in the cause of Christ. And what we experience here is just the outpouring of the spirit. And we do that together. And I loved that thought. The spirit cannot be restrained. Um, and then that scripture that I love from Matthew, where two or three are gathered in my name. And that's what we're doing here. We're just gathering in his name and, and we're immersing ourselves in the, the, these good words of ancient and modern prophets and we're learning together. And I love when people are putting stuff in the comments and, and all of us are helping all of us grow together. Mm -hmm. 
That's so good. Well, and, it, and then it's so fun because I feel like we talk about things that we all now want to go talk to other people about. Like it sparks things in us that the conversation just grows and it like spreads like little wildfires in all of our little mini conversations. And it's, that's what's so beautiful about it is it feels like it's contagious and you just can't help but kind of spread these little inklings that we all get. It's yes. so good. Yes, it, it's the conversation and it just keeps going. And um, I love when he talks about for young people, consider your gatherings of holy people, your quorums and classes, FSY and seminary, ward and stake activities, even ward choirs. Um, but I love it. Like for, for women, mm -hmm. there's nothing that prevents us, like you're saying, from also gathering our people. And, and we have this on Thursday mornings, but then so many of you have these groups that you then go into and have these same conversations and i love when i meet yeah. uh um an inklings group which happens regularly everywhere i go and and it's so amazing because my kids get the biggest kick out of when women walk up to me and say inklings and they're like what does that even mean and and this is what i always say it means this is what it means it means i know immediately in one word they love Jesus. They love studying the words of ancient and modern uh, prophets. And they love to gather with righteous women. That, that one word tells me um, just immediately something about that woman. And I love how that happens. I met um, a teenage boy walked up to me last week. And he was like, this is going to be so weird. But my mom said, if I ran into you, I was just supposed to come up to you and say, happy Thursday. And it was a Wednesday. And so he was so confused. And I was like, okay, go back to your mom and just say inklings and she'll get it. And he was like, this is the weirdest thing. <laughs> I was like, I know, but isn't it fun? So cute. A little better. That is so cute. Yeah. Oh, it's mm -hmm. so good. Um, I was about to share another thought, but I realized it's in the next section. Okay, go. Test it. Go, go to the next section. Yeah. Because okay. I think it, I just, I had a thought because I was like, okay, sometimes it's funny. I, I come on here live all the time. So you would think I like love, I'm an extrovert, but I'm kind of not actually at heart. And so sometimes I am not the first to um, contribute or to raise my hand in a class. And I'm more of the kind of sit back quietly and observe. Um, and so I just had a thought, because I, if that is you, because I have been there, if you're like, I just don't ever know what to contribute, or I never, I'm there, I'm listening, but I'm not contributing. I love the line in paragraph 23, when it, when he talks about testifying of holy truths as often as you can, he says, the comforter always shares his voice when we testify with our voice. And it just kind of feels like we can borrow his, like he's sharing it with us when I feel like we don't maybe know what to say. I think if we are doing those things, like if we're in holy places, we're around holy people, we're doing those holy practices and rhythms, he will share that with us. And it just kind of takes that like seven seconds of courage, you know, that like little we bought to do. Like it just takes that little minute of like, okay, I'm just going to open my mouth. I'm just going to see. And he will share his voice. Like you can borrow that and the words will come and you do have something to offer like everyone has their own story and their own perspective and it is valuable and you don't have to share every time you don't have to stand up at the pulpit and testify formally every time but i just don't want us to discredit if just because we're like i don't know like they have so much more experience in this she's a seminary teacher and you know like you just start yeah. to 
to discredit yes. what you know, your experiences, but yeah. But the, but the spirit makes you just as smart as anyone yes. else in the room. Yes. That is what happens. I just have to say, this is so funny because who loves that this cute mom just said, that was my son. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so I love it. Um, yeah, I think that is so true. The spirit makes you just as brilliant yes. as every other woman in the room. And how awesome is that? Yep. I, I, had never, I like the way you said that because it's true because that's the thing that we have in common. Of course, we all have different um, backgrounds of teaching or articulating or testifying and experiences doing that. But the spirit is kind of what brings us all to this level. And we all like it might have that thought that you have might really need to come from you and the way you articulate it because of the experience yeah. will come across different from your voice, you know? Yeah. Yes. Be brave. It's just, it's so fun to hear from all. And, and I love seeing that some of these are text groups and some of these are Marco Polos, by yeah. the way, it doesn't have to be. I love yes. it virtually too. Yeah. That's so good. And so for a second, let's just dive into preach my gospel. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if you know or not, but, and this is going to be fun to talk about, but um, there just was in June, Preach My Gospel was updated. So it's if you look it up on your tools site, it will say second edition now. And it, it is so good. I'm just slowly making my way through the book um, and going through it. But it was interesting because um, remember how we love the footnotes so much at Inklings in conference talks? And in his footnotes, he's going to talk about... Um, going to, he says, much of the content in this section is taken from chapter four of Preach My Gospel. And when you go into Preach My Gospel, there are several really interesting things that we learn about. Um, one of them that I loved is on page 102 of Preach My Gospel. I don't know how that shows up online. I don't know if there's like page numbers online. Um, but it, it'll come in and it's going to describe some of you will remember when we did the, um, the grace chart. Do you remember when we did the grace chart and we talked about different degrees of relationship and how you can enter into relationship at, um, different degrees. Uh, we experience different degrees of belief. We experience different degrees of the spirit. We experience different degrees of grace. Um, now those are all constant, right? You, you, the Holy ghost is constant, but how we enter in can happen at different degrees. And I love on one Oh two, it's, it's going to go through and it's going to tell you these different, we might say levels, these different levels of experiencing the spirit or these different degrees of experiencing the spirit, which I love because someone earlier in the comments talked about, well, what is a fullness of the spirit? And that's something we can study here. And I love that no matter where we are in our life, unless we deny the spirit. So that is a choice. We can choose to deny the spirit. Um, but otherwise, we are participating in relationship at some degree. That's just true for the whole earth. And so um, you know how it works because the light of Christ is given um, right when we come into the world. 
Um, so that would be one degree of relationship. But then, um, the, then it's going to go into, okay, let us tell you all these different degrees of entering in or immersing yourself in the spirit. And I love um, it. This one just starts out with the Holy Ghost so that it's going to come off of the light of Christ. And then you're going to find the Holy Ghost if you're looking for it. And um, it's going to tell us about all of these different um ways we can immerse ourselves first of all the personage of the holy ghost it teaches us what that is he doesn't have a body of flesh and bones he is the comforter he will teach his followers all things and bring to their remembrance what jesus taught then we have what we call the power of the holy ghost which is what you experience before you are baptized, but it, it leads you through that conversion process and it allows you to receive a testimony of Jesus Christ. And then we have what we were talking about earlier, the gift, right? That Now that's going to be different than just the power of the Spirit. Um, that's going to be the constant companionship of the Spirit. And we're going to learn to become a master of that. And that's going to be the walk of our whole mortal existence is learning that what does that look like and then um, i love this it's by the gift and power of the holy ghost that we are sanctified or made more holy more complete more whole that's what the spirit is going to do for us and um then um, then we get to the Holy Spirit of promise. This would be the fullness of the Holy Ghost that someone was asking about, um, where it says, in this capacity, the Holy Ghost confirms that the priesthood ordinances we received and the covenants we make are acceptable to God. Those who are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise will receive all that the Father has, a fullness. So that's our end goal, right? That's what we want at the very end. Um, is that that degree of relationship with the spirit but we're practicing right now this is something that we are practicing and and there are things that make practice harder um, someone just talked about um, what happens if your teenager is struggling with this and and I would say most teenagers are struggling with trying to figure out how to how to like fill the spirit sometimes i don't love using the word fill because for people who experience mental illness sometimes you don't you don't feel but you might hear the spirit um that there's different ways of harnessing the spirit and that is the reason why i wanted to come to uh preach my gospel because sometimes we will only use one word to talk about the spirit it feels warm i feel it we that's how we will talk about the spirit but in this um, chapter, there is this whole list of ways of how the Spirit speaks or this language of the Spirit. And um, it, it will tell you lots of different ways to experience the Spirit, which I think is helpful for us. And I think it's something we need to learn because we kind of are... Um, what's the word where we've just gotten so familiar with using the word that feels the easiest which is feel and that's actually not how everyone experiences the spirit and so to educate yourself and say my child might actually not feel the spirit they might not but the spirit
spirit will speak to them in their own language. That's a promise out of scripture. And so maybe we actually need to study. We need to become, what's the word? Linguistics yeah. of the spirit. We need to become educated in what are all the ways the spirit actually speaks to someone mm -hmm. because it is interesting. You will start noticing there is like a yin and yang of the spirit. Sometimes it will tell you exactly what to do. Um, sometimes you will have to come yourself with what you think you should do. And it will just confirm that that's right. Um, sometimes it will lead you forward. Sometimes it will be like, stop, don't go that direction. And so for us to say the spirit only speaks one way could be really confusing for our kids because yeah. they might have experienced something different and we're not communicating that. And so part of um, helping our teenagers is actually taking the time to understand, yeah, be, to become fluent in all the ways the spirit speaks. And that's gonna require us to get in our scriptures. Uh, this will be a, a great uh, launching pad of like, okay, here's all the different ways. Maybe your teenager wants to experience the spirit in a different way. And so what would that be? But I don't know, what are your thoughts on that, Rio? I agree. And I'm loving this word recognize. I'm seeing a lot of us love that word. Just It's the art of recognizing the spirit, maybe, because um, then that can embody all of those hear and feel and see. Um, but I'm just, I'm loving his cautions that he gives because mm -hmm. I think the other we can help our kids understand and remind ourselves is that we still need to have confidence in our God-given intelligence is what he also says here. And so sometimes when those promptings or um, nudges from the spirit are not very obvious or clear, like it says, use your own best judgment. This is in paragraph 35. Sometimes we want, I love that he's just like, sometimes we want it so bad. We just want it to be spelled out. But when it isn't, however, often the Lord wants us to use our God-given intelligence and act in ways that are consistent with our best understanding. And then he quotes President Oaks. And I love actually this quote so much because he says they should kind of come together, this accompaniment of an understanding that our Heavenly Father leaves many decisions for our personal choices. And so if we can move forward with this trust and faith in the spirit, but also a confidence in what we know and what feels good. Like sometimes it's just so hard to be confident in that because we talk all the time about following the spirit and, and doing what you feel and what you hear. And, and so you think like, well, I'm not going to leave it up to me. But I think there is a confidence there that I think we can really lean to yeah. and trust that is there and and that's sometimes where the biggest learning will happen is because sometimes it's taking that leap and hoping you know and then we're like oh now i understand it was over here that was always the right way because that learning needed to take place yeah. right like it wasn't necessarily a misstep he's like no i wanted you to do that so you could feel what that was like to step into your confidence and now we'll learn together and we'll come over here like it's just kind of this again that's when it sounds like a relationship it's just it's like that's okay i'm here with you and we're gonna pivot over here yeah. but i wanted you that you wouldn't have otherwise if i just was like here's your play-by-play -play. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and he's gonna tutor us mm -hmm. um in different ways and and I will say this, and I think this is important. I, some of my best tutoring has come when I haven't 
listened to the spirit or I haven't responded to the promptings because I doubted if it was the spirit or because I was like, well, maybe that's my own idea. And I think some of his most powerful learning comes from the, the moments when we didn't respond. And then he, he comes back and shows us, it does, not always, mm -hmm. but there will be times when he's like, had you done this, here would have been the outcome. And, and someone will say something or something will happen that you were like, oh, I was, that actually was the spirit yeah. that was telling me. And I think for me, though, that has been some of my most critical learning. And it makes me love the Holy Ghost even more for the fact that I don't ever feel reprimanded necessarily in those moments. I, but I do feel enlightened in those moments of like, okay, let me show you, let me tutor you yes. in how, what this could have looked like in order to make you braver for the next time to be like, oh, I know this is the spirit because I felt the same thing or I heard the same thing or I experienced the same thing last time and I didn't respond. So this time I am going to respond. And I love that he's, he's coaching us. He's tutoring us in what that's gonna look like and giving us more chances to try again and try again and try again. I love the thought of that. Like getting it wrong is actually part of the process. It is, it is. And I just keep thinking too, like as a parent, you want them to feel like they're doing it on their own so bad. Like you want them to feel enabled. Like you did that. Like you made that decision. I was here, but like yeah. you want them to feel that ownership with that. But then I, I don't know how to articulate it, but I'm just thinking like the beauty though of being fully like holy and devoted is to still turn back and recognize that the spirit was there all along, yeah. that it was still then is leaning too much into our confidence and feeling like, oh, no, I, that was on my own. I actually didn't even need the spirit. And I of <laughs> like other way. And, and I just think the humility of still looking back and recognizing like, oh, like it was there all along, but they just played a more subtle role. And because I was able to trust in what I have learned, I had this confidence to move forward, but I still have a humility in me that knows mm -hmm. I couldn't have done it on your own yeah that's that's so true and i think too you brought up something that it's hard enough for us to learn how to yeah. hear and respond to the spirit but to then to allow your child that opportunity instead of you um or or with you is also really hard and i can think of specific times when my kids would we would talk about something we would counsel together and then i would be like okay i trust your ability now with all of this counsel in place to to pray about it and then you come tell us what you want and one of the things i vividly remember is a child coming to us who we had paid for a sport his entire life which happened to be soccer and his 11th grade year, he was like, I'm going to change my um, sport. And we were like, no, 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 no. Like in my mind, I'm like, you're too old. All your friends play soccer. This is this on paper. This does not look like a good decision. 
And we spelled out all the reasons why it wasn't as parents, just logically, um, that it wasn't smart. And the team lost every game. So why did you even want to be on that team? He didn't know anybody. He would be starting fresh, but he prayed about it and decided instead of trying out for soccer that year, he was going to try out for lacrosse. And I remember when he came up with the answer that he was supposed to do lacrosse, like I do remember pain in my heart. I'm not going to lie. I, I like felt that like, I, this is not what we counseled, but I trust his ability to hear and respond to the spirit. I do trust that about him. And that child ended up playing on a college, two different colleges, uh, both BYU's lacrosse team and Creighton University's lacrosse team um, in his later years. And he would never have played soccer. And it did help me to realize they actually are capable of receiving inspiration from the spirit um, that, that we maybe would not have been able to to see or I would have never been like Caleb I think you should go try out for lacrosse this is this feels like a great learning experience for you your junior year of high school I would never but I love the spirit was like you know what this is actually gonna be a great a learning opportunity for you 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 will have a life learning that will come from this and when he played at Creighton um, he they called him Stormin Mormon that's what he called him. But every time he scored, the whole crowd would get up and um, it, it ended up being a missionary tool for him and uh, um, just ended up being a great experience we would have never known. And some of this, um, this spirit, these spiritual encounters, they require courage and bravery, both for us to respond, but also for us as parents to allow that practice, that tutoring, and, and to instill in our kids the confidence that we actually believe they can listen and respond yes. to the spirit. Because him looking back on that experience, it was just himself and the spirit. Like it wasn't like, well, and my mom or my dad kind of encouraged, you know, it was, it was between them. Yeah. And that found, like that, that would then instill that confidence of like, I can do this with the spirit on my own, you know, but it was because of how he was taught as well. It's just, I, that's a perfect example of that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So it's brave work. Mm -hmm. Everybody It is brave work, but, um, so many blessings come mm -hmm. as we learn this and, and as we teach it to the people who we love. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's so yeah. good. So, so many good things today. Is there anything you just want to end uh, end with at the end? Like, is there something that we've missed in the talk that, that we just no. don't want to leave I, without? I kind of just love this line where it says spiritual matters cannot be forced. Mm -hmm. It's just like this reminder is, as, again, as much as we want to have or we desire so deeply to just have something made known to us, whether it's a decision or some guidance, a yes or no, I just, it cannot be forced. And when we linger in that of just wishing so bad that it was that, that frustration yeah. and that impatience, I think really can cloud um, 
what the spirit is trying to teach us. And so I just love the reminder of like, be patient and trust that yes. you will what you need when the time is right. That's and let so that good. And I think that's good just also in talking about with our kids because we can't, we can't for that um, on them, but we can look for ways to introduce them to the spirit. And if the way you've been using so far is not working, don't keep forcing that same thing. Um, I, I love the thought of, and this has been true for me. I wonder if it's been true for you. Um, my best parenting resource has actually been the spirit. And for each of my kids who are so different, I love that the spirit has helped me discern for them what is the best way for them to receive and respond and 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 or reintroduce. And I love that thought. Um, spend some time if you have a child who's struggling, asking the spirit to tutor you mm -hmm. in a new way to introduce that child to the spirit and or to yourself mm -hmm. also. Like if, if you are, if it feels forced to you, then ask Heavenly Father to help you respond or recognize in a different way, in, an, in, a, in your language, in the way that works for you. Yep. And it's true, we, the affirmation at the end, we didn't get to that, but it's there. And I just posted it right before this live, the affirmation he kind of gave us this week. And he says, on your mirror, like it's so cute. So that's at the very end, don't miss that part. Well, we love it. And look how cute what Joni Prince did, which I want to start saying this to my kids now. We're supposed to say it to our own self, yeah. but look how cute this is. Wow. Look at you. You are a child of God. He knows you. He loves you. You are gifted. You are gifted with the Holy Ghost as your constant companion. What if we use that phrase that he put to instill confidence in our kids would be so powerful. That's that is so far because they borrow our words until they can right like yeah. they hear it from us i love yeah. that that's yeah. a really yeah such a good day such a good conversation and then we'll be back next thursday and hopefully this gives you a lot to think about but also maybe to talk about to share with uh your family your kids your people that you love gather gather and have some holy conversations so uh we'll see you next week everyone Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.